This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, my clock dodgers. How are you guys doing today? You little elite group of individuals. What's up? Listen, I need your guys' help, okay? We all have been using No Halftime. Uh, it's been a blast. Um, remember, you use the promo code CLOCK, C-L-O-C-K. You get free $10. It's a DFS app where you play player versus player rather than team-based stuff and drafting and all this kind of stuff. And what I want you guys to do is I have a league on there that I play with, a, a fantasy league that I'm also a part of. And it's super fun because there's stand-ins and you have a, sort of like a ranking system then. You see the percentages of win and losses and the money that you've won and lost. And it brings a whole other dynamic to the app. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to start like a friends and family league. So, you know, have my friends, my family, and then you guys invite your friends and family and we kind of get them all into one big group. Um, obviously, I mentioned plenty of times in here, Clock Dodgers is all about connecting with each other um, from all walks of life, all different places across the globe so let's do this let's get our friends and family and everybody involved and um, make us all one big happy family instead of separate groups let's make clock dodgers all under one roof um, get your get your family or friends to sign up using the promo code clock c-l-o-c-k get them free ten dollars they don't even gotta pay money to try it out you know let them get in there and get into it and get involved in it um, using the promo code and then you send me an email or a tweet and let me know their username and we'll get them into the league and then, like I said, we're going to have everybody's family and friends in there. It's going to be super fun. Um, again, it just brings a whole other aspect to sport, to fantasy, to connecting with our friends and family. And that's all we want to do, right? It's all it's all that life's about. So um, let's go ahead and do this. Promo code CLOCK, C-L-O-C-K. Let's make it happen. Let's get started with the podcast. Let's go. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot cope with them. Can't do it. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Touchdown. You, you, you are now locked in to the Clock Dodgers podcast. Clock Dodgers podcast. All right, so we meet again, my fellow Clock Dodgers. It is May 3rd, 2016. This is episode number 20 of the Clock Dodgers podcast. As always, I am your host, Neil. Uh, my guest today is a fantasy football analyst, a podcast professional. Uh, you likely know him as Mike, the fantasy hitman, right, from the Fantasy Footballers podcast, which is a monster of a podcast, if I must add myself. Um, welcome to the show, Mike. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm, I'm glad to be here. I appreciate the invite. Absolutely, man. I got to admit that, um, you know, with your name fantasy hitman i i kind of feel like neil sounds kind of weak right now like <laughs> I, I don't know if i need some cool nickname right now like two real neil or something or yeah, stainless that, steel neil i mean should we do anything like that steel. stainless steel neil is the way to go <laughs> i mean that's how i i mean my name is mike wright you know like go google mike wright and you're gonna get a thousand things so i, I needed i need some pizzazz right like right I, I had to set myself apart my my parents were uh 
weren't too kind when it came to having anything outstanding or unique about my name. So I, I had to do it myself. Right, right. Well, you did a good job. Fantasy Hitman, you know, it <laughs> I, sounds I badass. It. Thank you. <laughs> it sounds badass. So I'll go with Stainless Steel Neil, man. That's Oh, I like it. That's ferocious. <laughs> so, um, I mean, let's just get right into the conversation. I know, um, obviously, Fantasy Football will talk about it. You know, that's just your forte. But there's so many other things um, about you that I want to get into, kind of um, other things that you like and whatnot. So um, I know I've seen you talk um, zombies Oh, um, yeah. on, on your show before on the youtube videos and everything and um do you do you watch both the walking dead and fear the walking dead or just i'm i'm fully in on the walking dead fear the walking dead man the jury is still out uh i, I powered through that first season kind of like well this is uh this is questionable but i'll, I'll let it ride i'll give them a chance to kind of hit their stride and we've watched my wife and i have watched the first episode of this uh season and just halfway through, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. Right, right. <laughs> I don't. I just don't know. So the other episodes are sitting there on the DVR. Uh, we haven't caught up yet. I don't know if I'm going to. It was. Uh, I was really, really hyped when they announced they'd have a spinoff, and I have been pretty disappointed thus far. Yeah, I think I've seen that they got booked for another season too. So I mean, I guess yeah, people are going to watch it yeah. regardless. Well, and that's what I, that's what I wanted to ask you. Um, you know. I, I kind of have this, you know, as a country, we're obviously infatuated with these zombie shows and the zombie movies. And so I kind of had this theory that it's not really the zombies that we're like attached to. It's kind of like the survival aspect of it all that we kind of cling oh, to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Zombie zombie movies are actually never about zombies. <laughs> yeah. It's the you're flipping it on its head like uh, uh, like the Dr. Frankenstein where we assume that. And, you know, we all, we all know that Frankenstein is act- not actually the monster. Frankenstein is the scientist right it's frankenstein's monster but in that story we assume that the create the creature is the monster and but in fact it's the people and it's the same thing with zombies is is you start looking at and and kind of thinking deeper into you know what would i do if everything broke down if everything hit the fan today and, and all society crumbled what does that look like and a good way just to get into that scenario is with the, the zombocalypse uh, exactly. jumping out at you. And it's what would people do? And you're like, you start asking yourself these these horrible questions and you think, what am I actually capable of? Could I like could I do these horrible things they're doing on the show if it meant I survive or you survive? Exactly. Yeah, that, I, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, you could literally replace the zombies in this show right now with anything. I, I don't care if it's wolves. You could put, you know, just, right. just, just, you know, you could take them out all together, and it's just kind of, um, you know, that survival instinct that I think is like kind of in our DNA that we're just kind of, you know, we're trying to exercise it, I guess, basically, and we go through these processes and stuff. So, um, you know, I guess, you know, like you said, the the, the fear of the Walking Dead hasn't really um, hit obviously as much as the Walking Dead did, and I don't, I don't know if it's because it's a spinoff that it just can't capture that feeling again, or, or what. Um, but I just think it's interesting that, you know, we're so, uh, zombie, uh, focused right now. We keep getting these spinoffs and stuff. And I know I heard you mention on, on the podcast too, when you guys were talking about surviving something like this, you were like, if they're running, right. you have no chance at all. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you're talking, uh, the remake Dawn of the Dead where they're runners I mean, or, you know, even, uh, uh, what was the world what war was the Z first? I think it was world war. Yeah. They made them runners in world war Z, which was interesting. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying to think of the. 30 days, not 30 days later. Ah, um, oh crap. I can't, there was a sequel. <laughs> there, was, there was a sequel. To, I'm going to see if I can find it real real quick. It was the one, it's set in England, um, and the guy wakes up. And they're not actually zombies. It was called, like, the Rage Virus. 
Yeah. Uh, anyways, but but they're runners in that, and totally. I mean, if if the if if a creature that doesn't does that has no feelings, nothing except for the need to eat, can run with an a, a completely full video game stamina bar, and you're like you're done. There's just no possible way the world will end in a matter of weeks. Yep. And, and, and it's funny because when The Walking Dead first came out, I, I didn't even want to give it a chance because I was like, uh, I'm not into zombies. Like, I never really was into any kind of zombie movies or anything. And so I was like, I don't really want to, you know, watch it. But then people were like, it's great, I'm telling you. And and that's when I realized, like I said, it's not, you know, the zombie aspect of it that I'm enjoying. It's this, you know, this crazy scenario that I constantly put myself into every time I watch the show. Um, yeah, yeah, you should check. Oh, and 28 Days Later. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I've think heard of. Um, but you got to go back to the the remake of Night of the Living Dead, um, where they're it's it's a bottleneck movie where they're all trapped in this house. But I mean, no one knows what's going on. They're just they're it, the movie opens at a cemetery, and this woman gets kind of attacked, but no one has any really any idea what's going on. So it's the the part I really like about zombie, just this genre is that that part where everyone is trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I guess that's part of my disappointment with Fear the Walking Dead is is they talked about, okay, they're going to have this, they're going to go slow and film this family as everything is, is tearing apart. And it just, it moved actually too quick for me to, the, the breakdown was too quick right. for, for me. Uh, but Night of the Living Dead is just, man, it's spectacular of, uh, of these, what would these people do? in this in the situation i mean you have the the one of those ultimate questions where you have the parents and their their child has been bitten what do you do with your you know with your kid right and because you know they're they're gonna turn you know they're gonna come after you and just through through all the emotions of of dealing with something like that so i highly recommend that one i mean it's a bit older so you have to you have to uh wear some a bit of rose tinted glasses understanding <laughs> that that is it's a bit dated but the remake is is one of my favorite movies. Right, and and now are, are you are you one of the the ones who like to read the comics and stuff first and kind of know what's kind of sort of happen, or do you not, or do you stay away from the comics and the books of these kind of TV shows? And I like the I like the shows. Actually, we in one of the old offices I worked at, um, one of my f- good friends there was huge into the Walking Dead comic, and he lent me I don't e- I don't even know how many you know episodes it would be but it was this really thick book and i got about halfway through and it just it wasn't for me uh i, I liked the show it, it and I, so i just I, i've never i didn't do comics when i was younger so that's probably the reason why right. I, I imagine if i was into comics when i was young i would i'd be all over the, the walking yeah. dead series so before we jump out of the walking dead topic i just want to ask you really quick who do you think negan killed at the end of the episode Oh man! I've seen so many people, videos, all these things, and like we know it's this, and like every single one says something right. different, and I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, I think they're gonna. I think they will honor the comics. Um, so I won't. I won't say who that was, just in case there's people listening that don't want that that particular spoiler. But right. <laughs> if you, if you know who I'm talking about, yeah, that's I who I think it was. Okay, I got you. That makes sense. I mean, we'll see. I guess you know there's so many different I'm options, not, so many different like, ways they could play it. I'm not sure how much courage the show has because you the the thing about that show versus like a Game of Thrones is if that's Thrones you it could be Rick for yep. all you know yep. I mean 
but I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put my money out there. Says it wasn't Rick. Yeah, that, that's actually that that's an argument that I've had with someone recently. I told him, you know, Game of Thrones will kill a Rick off in a heartbeat, but Walking Dead, you know, they always seem to play it safe. Like like you said, you know, they're not gonna kill Rick, and that kind of drives me insane a little bit. <laughs> the fact that I know that you know that aspect of it, but. At the same time, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to push it this, you know, push it a little bit and, you know, maybe kill, you know, like someone like Michonne or something who's a semi-important right. character at this point, you know. But but like you said, you know, Rick is always safe, um, which drives me insane uh, because, <laughs> you know, I am a huge Game of Thrones fan. So, right. um, you know, when you watch something like that and then you watch Walking Dead, it almost, you know, annoys you a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, Thrones has kind of ruined other shows <laughs> yeah. for you where it has this this just level of of they they don't care i mean and and i guess to me the difference is you're looking at you know you got this you got the premium hbo show and they they kind of know the entirety of the story right where, where you have amc has this cash cow of the walking dead that even i mean there is a source material for it in the comics but they're going to do whatever they got to do to keep making the money on the show yeah keep so, making it yeah, so they don't have an. I don't think they probably have an end game for Walking Dead. It's just they're gonna they'll keep putting them out while they're the top rated cable show. So right. they, they they have that dance to to work with. So I guess I I understand it, but as the the consumer, the person who's watching it, you wish you had that real danger. Exactly. So speaking of of fantasy, which you know Walking Dead is, and, and things that are scary. Um, I want to talk to you about rookie football players. So, (laughs) so we just had the NFL draft and, you know, I kind of wanted to go with knowing what we we know at this moment, you know, obviously we can't, you know, predict that far ahead, but knowing what we know at this moment, could you, could you give me, um, you know, some rookies that you feel are actually going to be impactful in fantasy, like legit where you feel like they're worth drafting or, you know, stashed in some guys that maybe you have a, you know, a feel for that you feel good about. Yeah, well, the the big winner Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, it it could not have gone better for the for the man drafted to the to the Cowboys. You're talking about a running back who has not taken a single professional snap in his life, and I would almost guarantee you he'll be a first round pick in redraft leagues coming into the season. That's how that's how excited people are for them or for for Zeke. Are are, are and, you that excited for him? I'm pretty. I I can't. I cannot deny. That I'm pretty. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. I mean, that offense. The offensive line is just so freaking good, and I think Tony Romo is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. They're just they're a high powered offense. I mean, you have you now have all the pieces for fantasy goodness. I mean, you have the Romo and Dez. So you have a you have a QB one. You have a high level elite wide receiver, and you have this running back prospect who to many of the the draft scouts out there they've said okay this guy is he is worth he is worth the pick at number four overall which maybe we can get into the debate of is in real life football is that smart because i don't i don't think it was right right but i I, but but for me as a fantasy football analyst it was oh man that's great (laughs) that's a great pick right i made my job easier say go go draft elliot so he's the easiest one the the harder ones uh, I mean, the wide receivers are really interesting because you have Corey Coleman was the first guy taken, mm-hmm. first wide receiver taken in the draft. He goes to a spot that is not what you would normally consider 
a high fantasy value place. Not at ideal the at all. <laughs> of the Cleveland <laughs> Browns, but this this might be a different Cleveland Browns team. They've uh, rehauled the the coaching staff, the managing staff. They have guys who are act- like what are considered money ball type leaders, guys who are looking at analytics and the way that they drafted and the way they traded down in the draft would say that that's the approach that they're going with. It'll be interesting to see how that jives long-term with Hugh Jackson, who, in my opinion, seems like a pretty old-school football coach because a guy who likes to pound the ball, you know, he loves to run it and see how that jives with this new NFL and the new way of thinking about uh, getting deeper in the analytics. But right now, Coleman, unless Josh Gordon is reinstated, which is possible, but right now, Corey Coleman's the number one wide receiver on that team. And it's either Robert Griffin or Josh McCown, which those guys have two vastly different play styles. I imagine it'll be Robert Griffin just because the there could be a future right. with, with RG3. Where with McCown, he's a nice stopgap veteran, but he's not the future. Griffin could be. I mean, he was sensational as a rookie. So let's see if he can kind of recapture who he was. And, and yeah, there also was, just to chime in really quick with Coleman, sure. you saying possibly being um, the number one, you know, wide receiver there. Isn't that kind of scary too? At the same time, for them, a I little mean, bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But the the thing about Coleman is it. Uh, I'm trying to give some credit here to the, to the 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 Browns head staff, where Coleman was in a very simplistic college system at Baylor. Right. Uh, I had heard. Um, well, maybe they were talking about Oregon. I, I can't recall. But they, someone was talking about these college teams that they run literally about four or five plays, and that's it, and it wow. works. So with Coleman, though, uh, you, we saw a season with Robert Griffin, a, a Robert Griffin to Pierre Garçon connection where Garçon, I think, had over 130 targets, which was you give Corey Coleman 130 targets, and he's going to put up a yeah, he's really, make some really, really solid fantasy season. Because I think Coleman has the physical gifts to make that to work in that system where he's getting bubble screens, he's getting mid-range uh, passes, and, and he has the the top end speed to run the nine route and go deep. Right. But I I do agree with you that there's there could be some concern that he's the number one guy, he's a rookie, he's going to get the best defender, the best cornerback on the team if that's how that team plays defense. Mm-hmm. Luckily, they still have Gary Bar- Gary Barnage. Gary Barnage, who turned out to be a very reliable target. So it's it's not like there's nobody there. And Duke Johnson is will have to be respected for his pass-catching ability right. when you're talking strictly pass plays. So it's not gloom and doom for when you're talking about Coleman being the number one guy. Um, I have, right now, I have Coleman and Treadwell pretty much neck and neck when, when it comes to value this season. Okay. Um, what, um, so I'm trying to think of some guys that I, I like, and I'm kind of curious to how you feel about them. Um, do, do you think Doxon can make any noise with the Redskins? You know, you yeah. know, dealing with, of course, obviously, you know, if, if, uh, Deshaun Jackson gets hurt, you know, obviously things like that may have to play into it, but, um, someone like him, do you think there's a chance? Yeah, it, I, I get what you're saying. Josh Doxon was my favorite receiver coming into the draft. Um, and long-term, I think he's in a great spot at Washington. But short term this year, like you said, you have both Deshaun Jackson and uh, Pierre Garcon are in front of him. Now, there, there's talk of that Garcon could just get straight cut because wow. uh, he, he has a bigger contract 
and he's at the end. Both him and DJX are on the last year of their contract. So if Washington wants to make the move and just and go with Doxon, it would not be surprising at all. And if that happens, then there will be a a pretty big shakeup in my uh, in the rating of rookies for this year. Uh, I th- I think Doxon would probably move up really close to those guys. I think Treadwell would still remain slightly ahead because of his. Uh, I think he's going to be just a really solid in the a end zone target. Right. But Doxon, I mean, call me call me crazy, but I th- I think that Kirk Cousins is actually a good quarterback. Uh, I think so. When you have a good quarterback, where and a good quarterback who likes to throw, you know what you call like a degaff ball, where he's just saying, "Go get the ball." You know, whoever the wide receiver is, he's going to let him make a play. He's not where Teddy Bridgewater is less prone to that. Teddy Bridgewater is far more calculated in his risks. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Kirk Cousins will take some of those risks. And w- now, granted, when those risks go bad for Cousins. He loses his confidence and kind of crumbles. So yeah. ho- hopefully Doxon can keep his confidence up. Uh, but as far as this year, unless something happens in front of him, it'll be tough for Doxon to have sustainable fantasy value this year. Yeah, and I guess not to mention Reed too, right? I mean, he's obviously going to take a, a, oh, yeah. a, a ton of I targets. Oh, yeah. I love Jordan Reed. Yeah, yeah. Reed, Reed's looking good this year as long as, he, again, you know, he stays healthy. Um, one guy that for some reason I'm feeling really good about and I need you to talk me off the ledge. Not that <laughs> not that I'm going to draft him high, but I, I really feel like this guy could be the starting running back day one or, or take it at some point during the season. Um, and, and again, you know, tell me if I'm crazy. Tell me if I'm totally off here. But I feel really good about Kenneth Dixon and the Ravens. Sure. I, I, he, I just actually today before this uh before we were doing this pod was going through my rankings trying to figure out what i thought of a running backs in the system i don't uh, i think there is close to a zero percent chance he's the starter right off i do think justin Forsett is a really good running back and i know he's 31 he's coming off injury but as far as an injury that you want your running back coming off of a simple broken arm i'll take that you right, know, that's right. not that's not a, a rehab to his legs, to his knees, to a, a tendon. You're talking about a just a regular broken arm. It sucks. It took him out. But he can be back to 100% before the season starts sure. with, with no question. Uh, so I, th- I think it's still Forsett. I think Forsett is going to provide uh, a decent value in this year's draft because it's the Ravens' backfield is such a mess. I mean, you have – there's so many bodies there now yeah. that they put Dixon in. You have Forsett, Buck Allen. Terrence West, maybe Trent Richardson, Kenneth Dixon. I mean, it's it's a mess. Talia Farrow, he's still there. Oh yeah, yeah, Lorenzo. I forgot <laughs> about him. That's what that's what I'm saying. Is there's so many guys back there, they're gonna have to clean house at least a little bit. Uh, so maybe West and Talia Farrow get the boot. Uh, but it's I won't rule it out by the end of the year that Kenneth, Kenneth Dixon would might be the the uh, the running back to own in that backfield. I don't think Buck Allen is. Very good at all. He's I think he's a solid pass catcher, and if you want him to be your third down back, then that's fine. Right. Uh, I think he can work into that role, and and moving forward, you know, it it'll likely be Dixon and Allen as a as the one two kind of like a Gio Bernard, uh, Jeremy Hill type situation. Yeah. For for those two guys, but for this year, if you want to take Dixon late, I'm I'm not going to talk you out of it. I will say that he's likely going to be in that list of week one guys you cut 
to pick up the hot waiver wire ad. And then, and when by the time Dixon really pays off, you're going to have to commit a a spot on your bench. So hopefully you have a, a decently large bench, and right? You can and you can spend that kind of equity spot, just holding him just in case. But I mean, we've seen those guys like Jeremy Hill two years ago, David Johnson last year. These guys, there's always a surprise. Uh, there's always a surprise rookie who kind of comes through in a big way and produces towards the second half of the season. So there, I would say there is a chance that Dixon could be one of those guys next year. So you're saying I'm not totally crazy? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> not at all. You have a super talented but, guy. But but I understand. Like you said, I mean, like you said, there are running backs who, you know, halfway during the season, a rookie running back comes on, and then there's also that rookie running back that you hold on to the entire year and you just waste it. And they it. do. Yeah, and they turn into <laughs> Bishop Sankey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and you just cry in the shower. Yeah, exactly. So it, it could go either way. <laughs> So I, I also I do get um I got some questions for the show too from listeners and whatnot. Oh and, right on, man. Um, yeah, so so uh, one of the listeners, well, he's actually more than a listener. Um, a, a, a guy named Tony who actually uh, he writes uh, weekly articles for ClockDodgers.com um, called the Geeky Bugle. Um, so he writes about like Game of Thrones and you know Marvel movies that are coming out and, and cool stuff like Dude, that. You're, um, you're right so, up my alley, man. I yeah, love that. So definitely check it out if you ever get a chance, man. Uh, he would love to. I'm sure he'd love to hear that. But um so. He, um, he 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 he's basically asking um, with zero running backs becoming a more popular draft strategy right now, um, especially after the success of last season. Obviously, um, how do you feel about going contrarian and and stacking up running backs that everyone is now passing on possibly this year? Um, you know, do you think that's a good idea, or should we all jump on this bandwagon and and, and stay away from running backs early? Well, it's a good question. We. We always talk about on the fantasy footballers, you need to stay. Uh, it's good to have a, a draft plan, but you got to stay water in your draft. You got to play that thing as it comes to you because uh, even, I'm, I'm guilty of it too, where I make a decision like, in the second round. If this guy is there, I'm going to grab him. And then you, what you can't account for in all of your mocks and everything is the human condition of somehow a player that you thought would be long gone all of a sudden they're there and you need to grab them like right. that's the smart move and i i kind of agree with what he was talking about where a lot of people are going to be freaked out by running backs and i haven't done a bust or added to my uh my bust research from this year but it when you go back and you look um at the kind of the bust rate of the first round when you're talking wide receivers and running backs, mm -hmm. it's pretty close to the same. There, There is a slight edge that running backs bust a little bit more, but there are plenty of wide receivers who are letting people down that are getting drafted that early. So it's not just a – I wouldn't blanket statement say that wide receivers are so much safer than running backs when you're talking from the first round. But I like the idea, I like the thinking of if you know that a lot of people in your draft are going to gonna try and roll zero RB and you're in the back of the first and the, and the early second and somehow these high-level running backs are dropping to you and you want to go RB, RB, you know, go for it. Right. Uh, I, I love having that kind of top five wide receiver on my team if I can. But if the draft plays out that, I got two super stud, or as I see them, super stud running backs. I'm going to grab them. The nice thing about wide receivers is the waiver wire is always loaded with a guy who has a good matchup and can be a, a 
weekly fill-in where when you're talking about running backs, it's harder. I mean, right. the waiver wire is, is much more barren. And generally speaking with a running back is everyone knows that one to target because Le'Veon Bell will get hurt. And, and then you have 12 people gunning for D'Angelo Williams. Right, right, right. Where wide receivers, you're going to have probably three to five of them who, have, who are going to get you points. Where if you, when you get stuck at running back I mean, <laughs> and you're scouring the waiver wire, you're like, bad. well, this guy's going to get me two points at least. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I have to plug him in. Where with the wide receiver, you can find seven points on the wire. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, last year I, I went wide receiver, you know, the first two rounds, and it worked out for me. And I'm not going to lie, you know, the running back scared me now because, you know, it seems like last year every one of my running backs got hurt. Like every yep. single one of them at some point or another got hurt. And I don't know if it's, the, you know, the position obviously takes a lot of, you know, a big time beating. So I don't know if that's what it is, but it, it makes me gun shy, you know, from, from, from going for a running back so early now since I've seen the other way work. And because I've seen how, you know, my running backs all kind of failed me at one point or another. Sure. So, you know, but, but like you said, you definitely have to be fluid and kind of, uh, you know, adjust to your draft as it's kind of unfolding. Um, yeah, so, so. I'm, I pulled up the uh, – so this is last year's – ADP, their average draft position. These are the top receivers that, 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 were, that were taken. Antonio Brown was a monster. Des Bryant, monster bust. Right. Julio was great. Demarius Thomas, I think people would consider him maybe not a bust, but did not perform the, being the fourth overall wide receiver taken. Right. And they were re- really disappointed. Odell Beckham, monster. Calvin Johnson, for most of the year, was pretty disappointing. Mm-hmm. Randall Cobb, a bust. A.J. Green, was good yeah you know ty hilton not necessarily his fault but was a bust and brandon cooks was a bust for half of the year great for second half of the year and then the next two guys are jordan matthews and alshon jeffrey both who you would say were highly disappointing so, so why do we feel so safe about wide receivers? What, I don't know. Is it, what is this? What is this a myth now? You're, you know, you're shaking my world up here, man. I, <laughs> you know, I don't. I, every everything pointed to wide receivers, and now I'm like, oh, you know, this isn't making sense anymore. Yeah, I guess it's it's the the thought process of the elite of the elite wide receivers seem safer, right? With uh, like Brown, Jones, and now Beckham, and and I was I'll be totally honest where. I had Beckham as a wide receiver one, but I was kind of scared of him with his his hamstring injuries and was it was it just the one year wonder? But I'm 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 totally on board with him this year. Right. But I mean those the upper echelon of the talent for wide receiver just appears to be so much safer where there's always shake up when it comes to the running backs and who finishes at the top because you get you get these guys like Devonta Freeman who was clearing away the number one fantasy running back, and I would put the house on that says he will not be this year. So right, it's, I think right. it's just the, the people see the turnover at running back, so they think there's no consistency. But you have guys uh, like Peterson who are just always great. Even Maybe he's not the best, but he's always great, unless he's taken off the field for Yeah, he's always above for average being, for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, I guess you know, you kind of, man, man, you messed me all up now, man. <laughs> now, now I gotta go re- redo this all over again. <laughs> um, no, but that, that's good, man. And, and I have one one more um, listener question I wanted to get to. Um, this is from Jason, uh, aka he goes by at obj13, obviously Odell Beckham fan on oh, the uh, yep. on the Fantasy Life app. But he just wants to kind of know, I guess, about the two hot teams that everyone's talking about. Um, 
and, I, and I'm, I'm actually a fan of one of them, so he told me don't be biased with this, but um, he wants to know, you know, who, who do we feel has a better team um, at, the, at the moment, the Jaguars or the Raiders, and which one do we think, you know, obviously taking their division into mind, who has a better chance of making the playoffs with these two teams? Oh, man, they, that's, that's a great question because the, the two of them have made tremendous improvements in the offseason, and both of them have a, a pretty open a division. I mean, the Raiders, it, with the Broncos, they're going to roll out butt fumble. Mark Sanchez is their quarterback, <laughs> or, or throw the rookie out there. Either way, that's not, that, that's not an ideal situation, and they've right. lost a couple pieces on the defense. But if the Raiders can, can take another step, I think they are right in the mix over there in the, in the West. But the Jaguars, man, they have made monster, monster improvements. Mm-hmm. You're looking at just through the draft. Essentially, they will be getting three top ten talent guys this year. They Because lo- I'm including Fowler. They right. drafted Dante Fowler two years ago. Guy didn't take a snap. And all of a sudden, he's back. You get uh, uh, somehow – this is what I was talking about with the Cowboys making a stupid NFL decision. But you get Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Like Jalen Ramsey falls in your lap, and I'm sure he was like not in their draft board because they assume that they're not going to get him. Yeah, there had to be no and, way. <laughs> and then they're they're the ones who took the leap on Miles Jack, who everyone says is one of the best players in the draft. But NFL teams got scared off by the knee, which it, it, you know I don't know. I don't have history. I don't have access to the medical documents. But so I think a team that that will surprise would I would pick the Jaguars of those two. Because I think their defense will be so improved. They improved their running game, bringing Chris Ivory in. And you have Allen Robinson, who is all, he's a top tier stud already. And Allen Hearns is, is a great wide receiver, too. And not, man, they're all just coming and not even throwing in Julius Thomas into the mix. I just, I really like what Jacksonville is doing. And are you, are you a Blake Bortles believer? Do you have faith in him? I have. I mean, I know we can put up numbers yes. fantasy-wise, but as you know, as the leader of the team and, and kind of carrying them into the playoffs, do you do you have faith in them? Yeah, I, I think I do. I, I, that, that's a that's under too wishy-washy. I do. I have faith in him, <laughs> uh, kind of emerging. I don't know if if it's this year where you start looking at Blake Bortles and think, okay, there's a top-tier quarterback. The guy needs to cut down on his on his mistakes. But you know who makes a lot of like ridiculous mistakes that we don't we seem to overlook. Andrew Luck, yeah. that guy throws so many freaking interceptions, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And but the general public doesn't really give him crap for it because he was he came in on this golden throne, you know, of Andrew Luck's the best prospect since Manning. He's the number one pick, so he just he kind of got a free pass from all that stuff. But if Blake Bortles can cut down on his interceptions, and I think help at the offensive line and um, and with the defense of him not feeling like he has to carry the team the way he had to last year where they had very little support on the ground. I like TJ Yeldon, but it just they weren't getting it done with the rushing game. Right. And so, Chris Ivory certainly will help that yeah. I mean I got Yeah, absolutely. Uh so I would between those two I would go with the Jaguars. Oh, okay. Knocking my right over my Raiders, man. Come on. I don't yeah. have a problem with the Raiders. <laughs> the, like we are I feel a somewhat connection with the Raiders of of uh, suffering through the Cardinals years of being just horrific. And it, the Raiders actually appear to be on the rise. Right. Uh, so I, I like what they're doing, but the Jaguars were just, 
man, oh, just absolutely overly impressive with with what they've done this offseason. Yeah, absolutely. Can't question it. But and like you said, both teams look really um promising at least going to the future. And and just kind of off topic there, but what what do you think about the Raiders drafting Connor Cook? Do you think that was just just a random thing they seen him there and they just took him? I mean, obviously Derek Carr is not, you know, in any jeopardy of losing his job, no. but No, but, I I think that they I think they it was actually a smart pick. I mean, people are like, well, you have Derek Carr. You're not drafting him to replace Derek Carr. You're drafting him to replace Matt McGloin. Exactly. I mean, I, mean, I love you, the pick personally. It's you're, you're taking a quarterback who a lot of people considered to be one of the better quarterbacks coming out of the draft. I think he was, you know, at, at one time in his career, college career, they're talking about him as a first, second round pick. Right. And so you need a backup quarterback. I mean, I'm, I'm living. Uh, the fandom proof of the Arizona Cardinals, we had a just a sensational year, but Carson Palmer went down. The rest of our team was so good, but we didn't have the backup quarter or backup quarterback play to get it done. We had to start Ryan Lindley in a playoff game, and if we had any kind of decent backup at that time, we would have beat Carolina. Yeah, I mean that was a that was an extremely close game, an extremely close game with Ryan Lindley playing terrible at the quarterback position. Yeah, it so changes everything. It's crucial. You need to have a backup. So I I have no problem with that move. Yeah, me too. I, I agree too. And I think um, you know people are being too hard on him, too hard on the pick. And I, you know, like I said, as a Raider fan, I love it. And obviously, I have a little bias. I want it to work out in whatever way it can. But um, I really did like the pick for sure. Um, and so yeah, so I guess the Jaguars. I mean, like like you said, either way, it could go either way. But both teams definitely look like they're on the rise for sure. And um, yeah, thank you guys for sending the questions. Um, yeah, so I wanted to kind of uh, change um, change views here for a second to not sports anymore again for a second. I oh, bounce around here. I'm a little crazy like that. Um, for, we're we're for the, dodging. We're yeah, dodging. we're dodging exactly. We're dodging it's kind of the anthem here. <laughs> so for those who do listen to your podcast, which I hope everyone does already at this point, but if anyone listening doesn't, you know, go on there and subscribe to his podcast, The Fantasy Footballers. But um, for those for those who do and whoever heard you on any other podcast as a guest, um, probably know at this point that you're a fan of cartoons, of course, as well. Um, oh, yeah. You know, you have cartoons from the old school that you know we watched as kids, and then you have ones that you watch with your son and everything. Um, I was curious. Um, you know, both both have good times, right? Um, back when we watched them, and, and now current ones. But um, I feel like I don't know if I'm stuck in nostalgia with the cartoons that I watched as a kid. But do you feel it uh, on the same wavelength with me here that nothing really measures up to the cartoons that we had? Yeah, I I, I think I can agree with that. The um, it's such a different atmosphere of of uh, life and society now, where it feels like I'm because I'm watching all these cartoons with my kids. And so many of them have to provide an educational value, which, yep. I mean, I, I don't mind. I feel like it, it actually helped my kids like learn, recognize letters and counting and stuff early. For sure. Um, but so we had these cartoons where they're just there for pure entertainment value. That's, mm -hmm. that's all their goal was, is to get a kid to sit in front of a TV, laugh and want to buy their gear, where they don't have a lot of those anymore and it's I, I think it's it comes down to kind of you know animation is just so expensive compared to cgi and i don't i don't mind the computer graphic cartoons but there's at least for us there's something missing there's there's a uh, like a maybe a personification a, a just a humanizing thing that is missing that that people have have mastered when it comes to hand drawing things that they're just 
is when it comes to anything that's not really a Pixar movie, they're they lack that like they lack some there's this depth this right, realness right. i suppose which is a re- weird word to use when you're talking about cartoons, cartoons. <laughs> is i want <laughs> i want realness um but it i think it's those two kind of things um have really played into uh cartoons not being as good and and not to mention you have there's so many other options now for yeah, kids that, that's what I was trying to figure out. I didn't know if it was an options thing, if it was, um, you know, the cartoons themselves. I was even thinking, you know, when we were kids, that you know, Saturday morning cartoons, there'd be certain times and everything that you would sit down and like you know what's coming right. on, you can't wait for it. And I don't know if like the DVR and stuff kind of defeated that and on demand and everything or, or Netflix and stuff, but or if it's the quality of the cartoons, you know. But I feel like that feeling isn't there anymore unless you obviously you know, teach your kids that and kind of push it on them and kind of, um, yeah. you know, show them the old cartoons that we used to watch. I like doing stuff like that. Like, you know, this is what I used to watch, you know, and try to get them into right. it and stuff. <laughs> and I, I can agree with that, that, I mean, we had one option. It was Saturday morning, you sit down and you watch your cartoons. I mean, you had the, you had two or three choices if you're going to watch the, the CBS cartoon, the NBC cartoon or the Fox cartoon. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, that's it. Where now there's, there's the competition i think is wider that they have they feel like they have to make all these different shows so they can't just the the company can't just focus money and creative people to that it's it's a a talent um what's the word i'm thinking of uh a dispersal of talent is there oversaturation of shows so to speak so i think that all kind of factors in or we're just old and curmudgeon and, and want kids to get off of our lawn now. It's possibly that that could be there too. E- even like, you know, when you're if you watch your kids, you know, you're not watching with them, but you're just if you even if you're just by the side doing something and you see them, they, they don't even stay on the channel. Like as soon as a commercial comes on, they switch, boom, switch, boom, switch, boom. Like they just keep switching channels. And it's like, you know, when we were kids, we didn't do that. You know, we watched the commercials, yeah. we wanted everything they sold us on the TV. It was, you know, definitely different. But one of the, one of the funniest things is when I sit down and, and watch a show with my kids, and it, but it's actual live television, mm-hmm. they do not understand why I cannot fast forward oh, yeah. through the commercials. I'm like <laughs> yeah. I, I can't do it. It's live. I'm like what are you talking about? Like, exactly. It's a li- It's not a recorded show. It's a live show. I can't fast forward. I'm sorry. We have to endure the commercials. <laughs> Times Back are different. Back when I was man. your age, I had to watch commercials nonstop. <laughs> it's kind of like you know um, the old story when you're a kid like you know your grandfather tell you I had to walk you know 20 miles yeah, in the snow exactly. and you know when we were a kid we, we had to watch commercials. commercials it was terrible <laughs> it was so tough for us oh man that's <laughs> hilarious um, so I want to get into uh, my favorite segment here on the on the podcast and a lot of people enjoy kind of playing along while we do this and stuff we play a game called foul or no foul so okay. um, in case you're not familiar with it, you, um, basically what we what I do is I'll give a statement to you, and it's not necessarily one that I agree with. It's just kind of a, an opinion. I just kind of make, make it up. And uh, if you agree with it, the statement, then it's no foul. And if you disagree with it, it's a foul. So right. um, we're just going to kind of jump around again and see where we can go with this. Um, so All let's right, go let's ahead and get it. started. It's that time again. <laughs> let's play another round of foul or no foul. All right. So my first statement... Uh, yeah, the first statement is going to be Game of Thrones is the best show ever on TV. Foul or no foul? Ooh. I'm going to... I got to go no foul, man. It's the best show of all time. Best show of all time. It, it, it is, it, it, it's it, the best show of all time. Without question, I, I agree with you. Um, what what does it for you? What what makes it the best? Is there is there a certain thing that kind of pushes it over? Is it the characters, the writing? Yeah, I think it's the 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 level of acting... And the the depth of these characters really helps. Um, the the fact that it's HBO, so nothing is 
is off limits. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll they'll do things that I think can. Uh, of course, you can overdo everything. Can be gratuitous, but there's there is a certain ledge that if you step over it, you can have a tremendous impact. Like the uh, uh, no, cover your ears if you don't want spoilers from the last episode. I'm going to give you a second. <laughs> cover your ears, guys. Cover your ears. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. But the the scene of Ramsey taking his mom and the newborn baby down to Brutal. up to a pack of hounds. They're not going to do that on a cable network. Brutal. Um, and and there, but it has an impact of you of like a strong impact. I like I don't think that was bad or anything. I, right. I think them adding that in, you're like, wow, this guy is the worst. <laughs> yep. Um, it, it gets its point across. You know. Um, exactly. I think kind of what you're saying is they have like a sweet spot and they've hit it every time. Yeah, they don't and go over it. They never, don't go below it. They just nail it every time. I've never been disappointed with a single episode. I know some people are like, "Oh man, nothing happened." I'm like, "No, it's all part of the simmer process yeah. of you can't have these big payoffs if you don't have the simmer at the beginning." Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, definitely. If, if 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 you didn't if you didn't choose them, if you had to have something that was a close second, um, is there another show that kind of is right you know right under it for you? Anything that's kind of close, like. For me, I really loved Lost, um, but for me, sure. Lost like kind of lost me at the end. You know, it kind of they didn't nail the landing, as they say, um, and that's what right. kind of lost me. You know, so <laughs> it lost me. Kind of funny that I said that, but um, that's kind of you know it rivals it for me. Um, you know, obviously, Walking Dead is pretty good. I liked Boardwalk Empire, so there's some things that are really close for me, but not even in the vicinity in, in, in a sense when it comes to Game of Thrones. Is there anything that you would kind of put, you know, that you could sure. get up in there? It could be recency bias, which. I completely agree this, um, but I just finished binge-watching with my wife. We finally went through Breaking Bad, and I, this thing overtook my life of <laughs> all I can think about is, okay, I need the kids to go to sleep so I can watch <laughs> as many episodes as possible of Breaking Bad because I need to know what happens. And that was the, like the production value and just overall in really interesting characters and direction now I, I will it wasn't without its flaws there's there was a few things here and there where they, it would bother me but i mean it, when the series was done it just i was left with this you know kind of like this empty feeling of of i have really lost something now right that, that there is no more breaking bad for me to watch so um, that's what that's the the close second i'll go with i'm not gonna lie i haven't seen it yet and, I, oh, and everybody and talks about you. it, and I have not I was, seen it. I was one of them, and the, I was like, man, people are building this hype up. There's no possible way that this thing can hold up to the hype that my friends have done. Yeah, but it was it was spectacular. So for sure, check it out. Yeah, I, I 100% recommend okay. it. So I'm, I would definitely check it out. Then I I've been holding off. You know, there's a couple <laughs> there's, there's a couple of shows like that that people you know they keep telling yeah. me to check out. I'm just like ah man, I just never seen it. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll definitely give it a shot. All right. Um, the next foul or no foul. Um, this one is back on football. Um, so we've seen you know we've seen obviously where injuries um, have dictated players' draft stock. We just seen it happen this uh, past weekend, and we've seen where off the field issues have made it a, a major impact you know in the draft and just recently sure. in the league with other players. So um, the statement that I'm going to say is Miles Jack's knee issue is less concerning than Tunsil's gas mask weed incident. Foul or no foul? So the the knee is less concerning. Less concerning, right? 
than Tunsil's Ooh. off the field issue. Man, that's tough. Because of the, I I have no idea how long the knee is going to last. But going, I would say, let's see, because the, the tonsil doesn't that doesn't bother me at all. So I would say that I don't remember which one you were saying or which. Uh, Miles Jack's knee issue is less concerning. So is less concerning. Okay, so I will say not foul, giving it the double negative. I would say his knee is more concerning okay. than the gas mask incident. So it is a foul situation to you. Okay. All right. That, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Um, you know, especially with with his specific situation. Um, you know, I heard I heard all the things. How he, he didn't fail any drug tests in college. He didn't fail any at the combine. He was he was a freshman at college. Yep. It happens, I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. All these people who want to throw the stone. Uh, let me go back and and see what you did. Yeah. The freshman year of college. Even to this day, right? Even as grown adults, we do stuff that make you know. Yeah. That uh, hey, let, let me ask you this though, and and I want to know if you, if you agree with me on this. I feel like the pitcher kind of kind of made it a bigger deal for for people maybe that don't agree with you know with what he did, um, because again you know we've seen in the past where we hear something and it's kind of like okay you know that's not good, right? And then we see a video or a pitcher and and you know um, for those who aren't you know taking part in those kind of extracurricular activities, obviously it looks kind of you know it looks kind of aggressive I guess you know the whole yeah. you know, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I can on. understand that. Yeah, so, I mean, so do you it, think that played into it at all? It made it worse, you know, the the pitcher and seeing that image. Do you think that really made it any yeah, any worse uh, of a factor, or do you think that didn't affect? It didn't change the, the, the fact that he smoked weed, and that's all they heard, they all they cared about. I will say yes from the the fact that we are such visual creatures that a video a video changes everything. I mean, you just go back to the Ray Rice incident where you're reading about what he did, but you don't completely know. Right. What exactly he did? You know, like he punched his uh, fiance or wife, and you're like, "Wow!" I mean, that's that is horrifying. But at the same time, you don't what exactly happened, and I'm, I'm not condoning it either way. But I'm saying, but then the video comes out, and you see exactly what happened. You're like, "Holy crap!" Yep. This, sure. Your <laughs> this imagination not, comes to life. This is not acceptable anywhere. Yeah. But but anything. This is not acceptable. So I can. Uh, when the video comes out, but I will say no to the fact that um, that the these teams should have looked at the video with some kind of detective sense and said, okay, let me identify who this player is. Yeah, okay, it's Tunsil. Let me look at his face. That does that is not the same face that I am looking at the player who I'm going to draft. That is a much thinner, a much skinnier version of this man who I'm going to draft for my football team. So there is no way that this video is, has any kind of recency. You don't right. go from what he looked like in the video to what he now looks like as an NFL prospect. You don't make that transition in a month, yeah. right? So maybe if they looked at it like that. But I under, I understand with uh, – we're not going to get into the, the the what the rules shouldn't be. These, these happen to be the rules. Right. And we've – in recent – history we're seeing lots of players lots of teams lose good players because of the rules so it's the whole thing is the whole thing stinks that's what i'll say yeah I, I, I i'm definitely catching your vibe that you're not a fan of, of the rules that <laughs> that we're talking about and and i and i and again i couldn't agree with you more so um i definitely i definitely understand where you're coming and and and, and even for the other part that bothered me was the fact that this happened like 10 minutes before the draft and i'm thinking to myself like you know all these teams that should be interested in him right now at the top of the draft have you know interviewed this guy talked to this guy um you know you you, you assume that they're judging character and that they're a good judge of character at this point um you would think that 
a video sure. that gets released this you know 10 minutes before shouldn't affect you um i'll tell you, you sh- what i'm i'm doing if i'm tunzel i'm from i'm checking out what the uh what the laws are as far as like defamation because i, I heard that that th- where and the ravens had said they would pick him um and we don't know if the, maybe the chargers were going to pick him because he was right. tied to that team at pick number three but we knew that the Ravens would take him at six no matter what. And he went, he slid down, and it was reported that that cost him possibly $7 million. Wow. Like, it didn't cost him $100,000, $7 million. Life-changing so money, life-changing money. Yes. Like, that's generational changing of yeah. of that $7 million. If you're smart with it, you could. that's your great-grandchildren are hooked up because you did something smart. Uh, so I'm looking in, I'm looking at what I can do because I don't, the, whoever released this better be, uh, a skilled with a computer and can hide IP addresses and hide their tracks. I'm guessing that they aren't and that they would, you could find who they are. And what I'm, for me, $7 million, uh, we're, we're going to have some words and, and possibly some legal words if that's with in my realm of possibilities. Yeah, it sounds like you agree with me that the person who released that video did way worse than anything we see in the video. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, definitely yeah, can agree on that one. $7 million. Yeah, it was a... Like, that's unfathomable money Crappy move. Crappy move by that, you know, that person that released that. That definitely was a, an ugly thing to do. You know what I mean? That's, like you said, $7 million, man. That's that's like not just life-changing. Like you said, that's generation-changing. So yeah, it's really terrible. And hopefully, like you said, hopefully he can, you know, make it up and, and prove everybody wrong. So that's what we can only sure. hope for. Yeah. Hopefully. All right. So uh, statement number three, um, I was, I was you know, recently looking over the whole, you know, SpaceX, um, you know, how they're sending their rockets up and they're, sure. and they're working on all these spacecrafts. And so I read an article recently where they said that, you know, they plan to send a spacecraft to Mars as early as 2018. Um, obviously, that's, you know, being ambitious. And um, I just think I, I thought it was fun to think about. Um, do you here's the statement, basically. It, it, it The statement is it is realistic um, to believe that humans will in some way in you know ha- make a habitat or live um on uh, somewhere else besides earth within our lifetime foul or no foul ooh within our lifetime i would say that, that is not foul i think that is i mean well first of all like if you want to skirt the uh if you want to just be r- ridiculous we are cuz we're living in space right now right right in, in the international space station but i mean the spirit of the question you're saying are we going to live like on the moon or on Mars, and I firmly believe 100% that within our lifetime we will have some kind of a station on the moon that will be, uh, you know, like our central hub for us to get to Mars. Uh, if the, things are changing far too rapidly yep. for that for that not to take place, and I'll tell you, a man you do not doubt, Elon Musk. Oh man. <laughs> it, if that guy says this is what we're gonna do, well, guess what we're doing? We're going to <laughs> Mars. Exactly. Because, like this, this guy, through one way or another, with his involvement in PayPal, revolutionized, revolutionized paying for things. I don't know if people fully like think about the impact that PayPal has had on the internet and things like you're talking like e-commerce is now was made possible because of paypal yeah that that changed this that changed everything like it, it like an industrial revolution type change where now a mom and pop instead of having to go pay out for a brick and mortar store they just work out of their house and they mm-hmm. have they do everything on the internet and you can actually receive true payment because of paypal right um and now he's like well 
everyone's going to drive an electric car. Well, the Model Three. I'm, I'm a huge Elon Musk nerd. If you can't, no, pick no, up my I, vibe. I can tell, and, I, and I'm totally <laughs> with you, man. That's why I ask this. Over four hundred thousand pre-orders around the world for the for Model Three, a car that no one that we we haven't even seen the final product of this. <laughs> four hundred thousand people said, "Yeah, I'm going to buy one." I mean, so crazy. He's going he's going to change the car industry in just a couple years, and he's already changing the way that space exploration is working. So I am firmly on board with when Elon Musk says we're going to Mars. I believe him, and involved in that will be some kind of station at least on the moon in our lifetime. Wow, so that's a no foul. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, the guy, like you said, the guy kind of changed, you know, the, the payment system. The guy is changing the automobile industry, and now he's changing where we may live at some point. So I don't know if you tried, if you ever eBayed before PayPal was a thing. But yeah. Essentially, yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> you, would, you would win something, and you would send them, send them a Western Union money order in hope that your product showed up in yep, the mail. Yep, and and you got burned a bunch. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> so yeah, it, it definitely helps out. And, and like you said, there's you know businesses that solely run off of you know PayPal now. So um, yeah, dude, I, like, I rock my. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've heard us talking on the show, but I my wife and I run a a a beard care like a men's grooming beard yeah. care mm-hmm. business. I run it from my house, and that that's only possible because of. Uh, what PayPal paved out, you know, I, we run through Etsy and everything, but Etsy, I don't think Etsy would exist Without if PayPal, PayPal hadn't yep. laid the foundation. Yep, it definitely is a, you know, he's definitely been a game changer, you know, in everything that he stepped into. And, and I even seen an article where he said, like, every time he gets money, he's broke again because he puts it into, right. you know, the next thing. And I and I love that. I mean, I love his, you know, everything about him, his spirit, his, you know, his, his ambition. It's it's great, man. And and especially in the field that he's doing it in right now with the space travel thing, because, um, you know, I've seen guys like Neil deGrasse Tyson and stuff mention how, um, you know, Americans and, and, and people in general have kind of lost their, um, you know, their um, dream of space. and the, Yeah, and, we exploration and he's kind of reviving that and so i like that you know yeah and hopefully we still have podcast listeners after i went on a paypal soapbox (laughs) oh god so so if you're still with us thank you yeah if you're still here we appreciate it and by the way the spoiler was over so you guys can come back (laughs) (laughs) forgot to mention that um okay so the um the last the last foul or no foul that i want to throw at you really quick and we kind of talked about it already but um so this one is uh ezekiel crop top elliott is worth a first round pick in a 12 team fantasy football draft foul or no foul it's no foul i'm gonna do it if i'm at the (laughs) if i'm at a particular spot in the in the first round i'm i'm willing to do it but i i play if people have listened to the show i play ultra aggressively because I I see no value in finishing in third place or fourth place. I'm, right. Like I'm either in first place or I've done I, or I failed. Right. And a guy like Elliot, I think he's part of that. We, I mean, Demarco Murray, who at least at that point of his career was probably an inferior player to what at least physically the talents that Elliot is bringing into the NFL, and. I mean, he was he couldn't stop him because and we saw the resurrection of Darren McFadden. I, I encourage your the listeners right now, go look at what Darren McFadden had done for the last three or four years before going to Dallas. Right. Because he was as one a of Raider the worst, fan, I can I can confirm that. <laughs> he was one of the worst running backs as far as efficiency in the NFL. And then he goes to Dallas and he runs at like a four point 
six or four point eight yards per carry, and he's catching pat tons of passes because that offensive line is so strong and so stout that it doesn't matter who the runner is. Now put an ultra-talented runner in there for fantasy purposes. You're talking about a guy who should return value. It's unfortunate we couldn't see last year where Todd Gurley would have gone if he had come into the league healthy. Mm -hmm. He was coming off that ACL tear, so people got him as a fourth or fifth-round pick, which turned out to be a steal. But if he had been completely healthy, I bet he would have gone in the maybe the second round. We right, saw, right, absolutely. And so, are, are are you not concerned at all with McFadden and, and Alfred Morris and stuff like that? Does it not bother you at all? Do you think he just automatically takes that role and, and goes at it one hundred percent, or are you concerned with them at all? Yeah, I'll I'll say there is a slight concern there, but number four overall pick, you can't spend that on a running back and not have him just instantly be the full time three down guy. Right, it would be. Right. Uh, I guess I won't put it past Jerry Jones because just when I was trying to give him credit for being for turning around his ways and maybe being a a savvy general manager, he went and he made this move for Elliott. So if he if you combine this move of your fourth overall pick on Elliott and then you don't feature him, uh, my head will my head will explode. <laughs> no, I, de- I I get what you're saying. The with picking him in that spot, it, it shows intent basically that. You know what you're what you they plan on doing to, with him. They have to use him, right? No, I de- I definitely I I understand that. I'm still a little worried about drafting him in the first round, but I understand you know the yeah. logic. It seems like everyone that's been coming out with uh you know early you know rankings or or mocks and stuff seem like um everyone's excited about him, so everyone's kind of putting him up there. So I was just curious, I, I just you know, curious to where you were at it. with it. Yeah, sure. I let me let me go remind myself. I just statted him out of what I'm expecting from him, and I will I will reveal this to your listeners this isn't even up on our website yet oh man appreciate this clock dodger special yeah we're breaking news here elliot in standard is my number seven overall running back and he is number five in a ppr nice wow okay i mean that i guess that says that he's probably not worth a first round pick but the thing is i think he's going to be great and if you want him on your team you're going to have to grab him it's first, first round or bust with him, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah, uh, and and I'm I'm fine with that. If, with people doing that, it, it's funny because you got like a guy at Elliott. I bet in some drafts he'll go in the top three, and people yep. are gonna say, "Oh, it was a reach." Like, well, they wanted him on their team, yep. and they knew he wouldn't come back. Sometimes it, you don't have to play everything by the rules of where a player should go. You say, "Screw that! I want him on my team because I think he's gonna be good." Right. So it's, you reach. It's kind of like the trade, you know, the trade thing when someone says, "Oh, that's not a good trade. That's collusion," or you know, so right. if, if that person thinks it's fair and they're getting fair value, then you just gotta let it go. You know, that's that's what they want. If, they, if that's how they want to win or lose, and you know, so be it. They'd rather do that than not have the guy and you know feel like they should have had him or what, or they you know they listened to somebody else and lost on somebody else's advice. You know. So yeah, so I definitely yeah. under I definitely understand, and uh, thank you for dropping the uh, you know the special. Oh, special you got it, man. man. I appreciate you got that. It. Um, well, I mean that's it for for me today. Um, I I do want to, of course, thank you again. Um, you know, for for chatting with me and, and for coming on the Clock Dodgers podcast, it was uh, it really was an honor. Um, it's also not every day that you can say you you know you hung out with a hitman and nobody got hurt. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta I gotta appreciate that. Um, before we close the thing out, I mean, is there can, can you go ahead and you know tell the Clock Dodgers that are listening where to find you? Um, yeah. You know the things that you're kind of promoting right now and kind of you know just just tell them everywhere to go. 
Yeah, absolutely. So thefantasyfootballers.com is our website. If you want to check out the podcast, I mean, it's it's uh, if you use if you listen to the podcast, it's it's there. If you're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Overcast, basically, if there if there's a uh, a podcast delivery service you're using and we're not on it, let us know because that's that would be weird. <laughs> yeah, that would be a complete oversight. So check us out. Um, right now, I mean, the things we got going, we're working really hard on this ultimate draft kit. That's that uh, we're going to provide the people with just hopefully an overwhelming amount of content that will get you completely ready for your draft. It'll be kind of the only thing you need to go in to the draft in that it's on sale right now because we're doing a pre-order before June 1st, I think, is when the price goes back to the regular thing. And this is a living document. This is going to be updated through the whole offseason. We're going to give you our projections, our sleepers, values, breakouts, busts. We're working on some video profiles. I mean, tons and tons of cool stuff that we want uh, something that we pride ourselves on you know we want to give people value right of for a product i don't want i would never want someone to buy something from me and say well that was that was disappointing like no i, I want to return the value because we do genuinely care about the people who support our show and listen to the show we wouldn't be where we were if if people weren't listening so right. the, the way we thank them is that we put our full effort into everything we're doing. So we got that. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at FFHitman, uh, you can get all my, my Game of Thrones takes, all my food takes, and I do, I'm more than happy to answer fantasy questions on there. And so, I mean, that's, that's really the, everything I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, just to follow you up, I mean, um, de- definitely follow him on Twitter. You you are, you know, definitely one of those people who, um, you know, you don't act too big for the regular person or um, any anyone oh, that hits no, you up. I, I see you responding all day long. Even when I reached out to you, is an instant, you know, response. So, um, you know, your coolest can be on Twitter. And then, you know, like you said, with the products that you guys are um, putting out there, you know, any anyone who watches your podcast or listens to the podcast, or whatever, however they're getting access to you guys, um, knows that you guys are like super one hundred percent genuine and, and, and care about your product um you know there's no question in that so anyone who is listening i I highly recommend you know you guys to check out everything that um you know you're mentioning here because i appreciate that yeah again it's you know high quality work so um i really you know i can't i can't you know i can't say it enough definitely check it out (laughs) (laughs) i really really do appreciate it thank you yeah so um and again man you know this is you know this was a really fun conversation i had a blast um you know it's fun when you can jump all over with somebody and not just kind of you know stay in one lane so um, I really yeah, appreciate I, that. I love talking stuff that's not football. I, I'm, I love talking football, but I mean, you know, I kind of do it all day. Don't mind doing it. But if if there's if there's some hot takes on nerd culture that people want to talk about, you know, I'm down to do it. Exactly, man. So again, man, I really appreciate it. Um, everybody, you know, check out check them out on all the different platforms, and uh, you know, please support their their show and go subscribe and leave some reviews because they're awesome. Um, and again, man, thank you again. I really appreciate it, and I will talk to you soon, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we got to sign out with your new moniker, dude. Oh, yeah. This this is, uh, you know, Mike, the Hitman Wright, and your host, Neil. Not just Neil. Not just Neil. This is not just any Neil. This is not your normal host, Neil. This is Steel. Well, stainless Steel Stainless Neil. Steel Neil. <laughs> stainless Steel. I don't know if I could do that on every episode, man. This might be a special thing for you. Oh, yeah, it might be too hot to handle. (laughs) It's too hot hot to handle. Stainless Steel Neil (laughs) and Hitman Mike, we are out. I appreciate it. You guys have a good night. 
Yeah, see ya. Thank you, Matt. Man, that was a great conversation. As you guys can tell, um, you know, Mike is really fun to talk to. The guy is a professional at what he does. Um, there's a reason why their podcast is one of the top podcasts around uh, because they're just so good at it, right? Um, so I thank you again for him, you know, for coming on. Um, please, guys, follow him on Twitter. Um, check out their website, listen to their podcast, subscribe to it, um, support everything they do, and remember to get the um, pre-order of their draft guide. Um, again, thank you again for coming on the show, and hopefully he is a returning guest at some point um, because, again, um, not just fancy football, he's just a fun guy to talk to in general. Um, so thank you again to Mike for coming on and for giving me that badass nickname that we now have, Stainless Steel Neil in the building. Don't forget it. Um, you guys know how I do this we do the outro I just wanted to go over a couple of things Um, this was recorded actually I think last week or in the beginning of this week Um, just delayed the release a little bit of it Um, a couple of things have happened in sports and stuff that I just wanted to cover really quick Um, rest in peace to Patrick E. King I believe that's how you pronounce it I'm not going to lie like I know who the guy is or a lot about him but he's a soccer player who um, apparently uh, collapsed and uh, on the soccer field and died of a heart attack from everything I've read. Um, it's terrible, obviously. Um, I've seen that it's happened before. Um, so it's just a, just a sad thing. So uh, rest in peace to him and his family. And, um, you know, just so guys know this, you know, playing these sports are, are, are serious um, for our kids, for us. So no matter how, you know, you could be in the top shape, but um, eventually, um, things like this can happen, and it's so you know, unfortunately, it's the downside of sports, and um, but it but it happens. So um, rest in peace to him, and hopefully everything gets taken care of um, with his family and stuff in the best way possible. But never easy uh, when something like that happens. So um, the soccer world lost another good one. Um, another death that kind of um, well, actually, before I get to the other death, um, Vogel Frank Vogel got fired from the Pacers. Just wanted to express my feelings on that. I think it's a bad move, terrible move. He's a good head coach, a great head coach, and they made a bad decision on that. Um, because they didn't get over the hump, it was not his fault at all. And um, th- that that one's going to cost them. I don't think they'll find another head coach, at least immediately, that can replace that guy. Um, so, again, if you're a Pacer fan, terrible move. Terrible, terrible, terrible move. Larry Bird, bad decision, uh, in my opinion. Just I, I don't get it. Don't think it works. Don't think it's going to help the team in any way. Um, I believe he will have another job right away going into next season if he wants it. You know, whether it's the Knicks job, whether it's um, another job that becomes available, who knows, but the guy deserves a job. Super good head coach. Terrible move by the Pacers. I can cannot agree with it, man. Not a good move. Um, the, the other um, guy that passed away, uh, if you're not into MMA, even if you are, you may not have heard about it, may not even know who the guy is. Um, his name is Jordan Parsons. Um, it, it, you can see it if you go on ESPN and stuff like that, but also it happened here in South Florida, which is why I know a little more about it. Um, it's a really sad situation. So um, he's uh, basically walking down the street to, I believe, going to practice or something to train, and a guy hits him, right? Um, now, you know, at one point they thought he might live. They had to amputate his leg, try to save his life. It didn't work out, and uh, a few days later he passed away. So um, rest in peace to Jordan Parsons, and he was 25 years old, guys, 25 years old in Bellator, uh, training um, at the Black Zillions, 
which that's why it was in South Florida. That's where they train at. Um, so really, really sad stuff. A guy, a young guy working towards being successful in something that he loves and he gets taken away, right, from his family, from everybody, because apparently a 28-year-old man who was arrested um, in connection with the hit and run, it was a hit and run, so not only did someone hit him and take his life, but they hit him and ran, so who knows, could he have gotten help quicker, um, could something differently have happened, who knows, but the coward ran, so um, that, that's annoying in itself. Um, now, uh, allegedly, they're saying that the guy that hit him um, you know, ha- has been arrested before. Um, he has a record uh, arrest criminal history that includes DUI, disorderly intoxication, marijuana possession, assault on an officer or firefighter. They say that police say that his license has been suspended six times, six times, and that witnesses have placed him at a local bar before the accident. Um, mind you, they say that he was traveling between 100 and 120 miles per hour at the time of the accident, and they and like I said, he didn't stop after he hit the guy, um, after he hit Jordan. So it really pisses me off, man. It really annoys me. This 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 is the kind of thing that gets to the bottom of my core and burns inside of me, and really, really um, takes away my faith in humans. It takes away my faith in people. You know, I I I understand a lot of people drink, right? I understand it, man. I understand you're stressed out. You know, somebody done broke your heart, um, you know, things are wearing on you, whatever it is, right? Whatever the reason is that, that you want to that you wanna drink, so be it, right? Or you're just having fun. That's what you call it. That's fine. Um, that, that's totally cool. There's nothing wrong with that, right? As long as you're doing it responsibly, um, either inside your own home or with people who are going to drive for you or you're going to get an Uber or a taxi, something like that, right? When you do shit like this, where you drive after drinking it just drives me insane, man, because this guy loses his life because somebody wanted to be an asshole, right? Because you're too fucking cool to get an Uber or you're too damn cool to have someone else drive. Oh, because you're just so fucking smart, right? So it bothers me too, because in a sense, we failed Jordan Parsons. Um, The system has failed him because if you're telling me this guy has had his license suspended six times and he's still on the street. I mean, you know, mind you, they say that, like, apparently the car was his his uh, mother's car, uh, SUV, whatever, whatever the case was. Um, that doesn't make it any better. To me, listen, if I had to take your license from you six times, six damn times, man, I don't give a fuck if you don't drive again. Leave that man in jail for the rest of his life because... All you're doing is you're endangering the rest of us because you take that guy's license. If you took it five times, now you took it six times. Do you really think you're going to stop this man from getting behind a vehicle? Does that, does that logically make any sense to you? It, it doesn't even make sense in any way. If you have to lock this man up for the rest of his life because of that, I'm cool with it. I'm fine with that because now he's taking a man's life and now now you're going to want to throw him in jail for life, right? Now he's taking someone's life. Now he did a hit and run. Now it's finally cost somebody their life. And so now you're going to say, oh, now let's put him in jail for an extended period of time or forever or whatever it is. But it's too late. You see, it's too late because now someone already died because of that. So I don't know what the laws are. I'm not even going to pretend to know the laws. But there's no way 
a person should lose their license six times and we're allowing that person to be a free person because taking a license isn't a punishment because that person's still going to drive. You're not preventing that person from doing anything. Um, now, if it happens once and it works, I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't know how you, you know, I don't know how you create the law to, to make this work. I'm not here to do that. That's not my job. I don't get paid to do that. I'm just here to talk about it. Um, but it pisses me off because this isn't the first time this has happened. This isn't the last time it'll happen. Um, this happens to kids. This happens to people driving down the road, someone crashes and hits them. This happens every day that someone dies thanks to an intoxicated, drunk, whatever it is, driver. So it's frustrating to me. It's frustrating to me that this could happen to any of us at any moment. You know what I mean? Um, we all know someone who's lost their life this way. Um, so it's so it's it's stressful. It's terrifying, and it shouldn't happen. So, you know, again, I have no problem with people who drink. I understand the reason to drink. I personally don't drink, but I understand those who do for fun, for relaxation, for social reasons, for whatever it is. And I'm cool with it, man. I'm cool. I have no problem with it. My beef is not with that. My beef is when you turn into an asshole and go drive. That's where my problem starts. And that's where it lies. And we have to figure out a way. I I know we can't eliminate all the bad in the world. I know it's not possible. Um, But we got to figure out a way. Um, to take these people off the road when they've done things like this. Um, there's no excuse for it. There's just no excuse for it. And you can come at me and say, you drive and you did it drunk and it didn't do anything and you drive under the influence. I don't want to hear it, man. You're a lame. You're a lame because that should never happen. Should never happen. And this dude did a hit and run. Come on, man. Oh, let me guess. You were scared, right? Yeah, you were scared. Well, he's dead, though. So you were scared. That's cool. But he's dead. So... So there's nothing that justifies that for me. Um, you're a coward if you did it. You're a coward if you drive drunk tomorrow. You're a coward if you do it at all. Um, I know we all make mistakes. Um, and, I, and, I, and I know you know, people listening are going to say right now, oh, I did that too, or I do that too, or I did that when I was 21, or whatever, man. You're not going to justify it to me. It's never going to be cool to me. Um, you're never going to make light of it. You're never going to tell me it's justifiable in any way, shape, or form. There's nothing cool about it. Um, so I just wanted to get that off my chest because it pissed me off a little bit. Um, well, actually, pissed me off a lot when I see um, successful people, young successful people, um, people trying to make something of their life, and you got a jackass who who ends that all, who takes that all from them um, because they want to drive drunk. Just annoys the shit out of me, man. And I didn't mean to take this in, a, in that way, but um, sometimes things like this have to be said. And, uh, you know, hopefully it wakes one person up, right? Or hopefully maybe someone listening knows someone who does stuff like this and somehow puts an end to it. Uh, or maybe you'll be out one night and see someone drunk about to get in the car and you'll prevent it because this may hit you at that moment. Um, I, don't, I don't know, you know, but I had to get it off my chest because I've seen the, the, the story about Jordan and it just, it just pissed me off a little bit, man. It really did. It really did get on my nerves and kind of hit that that spot that you know this guy won't have a chance, and it just it just it just eats at me. It really does. Uh, so so that sucks. Um, on a positive note, even though it's hard to come back from that at this moment, um, again, great podcast. Um, the NBA playoffs are chugging along. You see, uh, you know, the Cavs putting a hurting on the Hawks, the Raptors and Heat slugging it out. Raptors actually just went up a game today. Um, 
lots of lots of good stuff. I mean, lots of good stuff are happening right now um, in sports. Lots of good stuff happening in the world, um, minus the whole politics thing, minus the whole Trump factor. <laughs> everything else is everything else is pretty good, minus that, minus uh, you know our options that we have there for that presidential candidate. But everything else is good. Um, I'm recording this right now, this outro actually, on the seventh. So it's Saturday. I uh, just got back. Uh, Mother's Day is tomorrow. So to anyone out who's listening right now who is a mother, um, happy Mother's Day. To anyone who has a mother, happy Mother's Day to your mother. <laughs> happy Mother's Day, Mom. You know, tell, tell them uh, Clock Dodger says happy Mother's Day to them. Um, treat your mom good, man. You know what I mean? Get her a gift. Tell her you love her, whatever the case may be. Or, you know, if it's your wife or... You know, whoever, whoever in your life that you know is a mother, let them feel good. You know, let, let, make sure you let them know, even though you should be letting them know all year long. Um, this is their this is their day. So you have to do it today, you know, tomorrow, too. So don't slack off on that. You know what I mean? So this is Stainless Steel Neil. I just had a, you know, uh, a great conversation with Mike, the hitman. Right. Go support their stuff, guys. Please, please subscribe to their podcast, leave a review, um, pre-order the draft kit, um, follow them on Twitter. If you have any draft, any, any fantasy questions at all, I'm telling you, this dude will respond to you instantly. He's super good at that. And again, like he said, he's not just about fantasy football. That's his, his thing. <laughs> you can talk to him about whatever. He's a really cool dude. Um, so hit him up. Um, guys, keep checking out on clockdodgers.com. Uh, check out the Geeky Bugle every week. New ones are dropping, um, so please check those out. Super good stuff, uh, nerd, geek stuff, uh, Marvel, comics, Game of Thrones. You, 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 you think about it, and you, you think someone will call it a geek thing or a nerd thing, it's in there. So go check that out. Those drop weekly. Every single week those things drop, so go check those out. Check out the census rankings. Um, those keep getting updated. We keep dropping new positions, so um, check those out from uh, at Swagzilla on the FL app. Um, and remember, there's a lot of other cool articles um, from other guys that are on the site as well. For me, um, a lot of cool videos and stuff to find on there. So go check that out. The Clock Dodger shirts are going to be up for sale again. By the time you hear this, it may already be live. So make sure you get your shirt because those sales are you know, time-based. They don't, they don't stay active like that. So just make sure you jump in and get it. It's a little bit different than the last church that dropped. Um, again, thank you to everybody who purchased the first set. I'm getting pictures from everybody and kind of putting collages together. So uh, maybe I'll release those pictures up on the website, uh, maybe after the second sale ends. So thank you to that. Um, different ways to support the show. Obviously, no halftime. Continue to support those guys. Download the app. Tell your family and friends. Use the promo code CLOCK. Get free $10. Get a free t-shirt if you email them and leave a review on their app store. You can always donate through the site. There's just a little PayPal donate button if you're just feeling uh, given and you want to support. I appreciate that. There's also another way you guys can help. I've mentioned it before. It's Amazon. On the actual on, on the cloudodgers.com on the main page on the right sidebar, if you go down, there's an Amazon um, banner. You click on that banner, and once you do that, anything you order after that, 
a very small percentage, but it doesn't matter because it helps. A small percentage helps and goes to Clock Dodgers, the website and the podcast. So um, you don't pay anything, any extra. Everything costs the same. It's just you're supporting us in a small way at the same time. Um, so if you can do that, um, you know, click on the link and then just bookmark it as your Amazon link. And you'll always just click straight. You know, you don't have to go to ClockDodgers.com. You just click on your Amazon bookmark. And every time it'll bring you to um, when you when anything you buy after that you know, help us out and you can, your family, your friends, tell everyone to use it. I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, and, and, and don't think it doesn't help any little small bit helps. Um, so please, if you guys can do that Amazon link on the site, I really appreciate it. If you guys have any other, um, guests that you think would be really cool to have on the show, hit them up and, and, and or contact me and tell me to hit them up. Um, I love to have, um, different guests on. They don't have to be, as you can see, uh, sports based that could be about anything. Um, so anything that you think will be interesting, or even if you don't know a guest per se, but you know, a topic or a subject or, you know, somebody that you would like me to talk to, you know, drop me a line, uh, clock dodgers at gmail.com or hit me up on, uh, Twitter or Instagram at clock dodgers. Um, and please follow those two accounts too. If you're not doing it already, please follow those two accounts. Um, I like to talk to you guys and connect with you guys and share stuff with you guys. Um, so please do that. Uh, it really helps out a lot. Send in any questions for the, the foul or no foul or topics or questions that you would like discussed on the show. Um, again, you could hit me up in the email or Twitter or anywhere else with that kind of stuff. Um, again, th this is all about connecting with you guys. You guys are what make it great. Um, so please uh, reach out and, and let's make let's, let's continue to push this thing on, man. Clock Dodgers is becoming a real movement here, guys. It's a it's a real thing, you know. So let's make this thing happen. Um, get your Clock Dodgers T-shirts and let the world know that we're dodging clocks daily on the regular alright guys I will see you guys next week later thank you for listening don't forget to stop by clockdodgers.com and follow us on twitter